Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Hello, ladies. This is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this beautiful day and, as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas a success. Ladies, I trust that you all had a fantastic weekend and that you are ready to be productive for the new week. Now, as always, and as your coach, I want to remind you that every Sunday evening, you should be looking at your calendar and first asking yourself one very important question, which is, what would I like to accomplish by Friday? What are my goals? What am I trying to do by Friday? And then you need to be looking at your calendar for the week and ensuring that the activities that you have listed there are actually enhancing and helping you to accomplish those very, very goals. If you remember, we've been reading the book, Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, and one of the things that he talks about is that it's the system that we use, meaning the actions that form our method uh, of production that we use that really are the keys to getting things done, to seeing positive and, and lasting results. And so if you are not on a consistent level, reviewing your calendar and becoming dependent on your calendar, which is something that you created. So, of course, you can change it, shape it, uh, flip it, do what you need to do to get your calendar system to work for you. But when you are not dependent upon your calendar, that means that you're not looking at your calendar every uh, morning, early afternoon, early evening. You're not looking at it. You're not depending on it. Uh, to refresh your memory of those things that you need to be doing in order to accomplish your goal for the week. Um, And so, again, I want to remind all of you that this one simple step can make such incredible changes for you. It will start bringing to the surface of your mind the things that are most important and the things that you want to do. So, again, make sure, if you haven't done so already after the show, make sure you go right to your calendar and you really do make sure that the activities are you know, are really supporting what it is that you want to accomplish by weekend. Now, speaking of the end of the week, I find all too often that many business women don't ask themselves that question, you know, what am I trying to do? Um, and so, therefore, the focus that is needed, um, you know, to see results is just not there. And so one of the things that you do have to do is get used to asking yourself questions. You have to hold yourself accountable, right? I know that I work with so many women, and one of my responsibilities as a coach is to hold my clients accountable. And lately, I've been noticing a lot of stubbornness in a lot of a lot of women who, um, I don't know, you know, they're used to their own way. They're used to doing the things that they want to do, and they've developed habits, which is what we're talking about all this month. They've developed some habits that have got them stuck right, in a mode of thinking that they're right or thinking that this is what they want to do when in actuality it's working against them. And so you can't be stubborn. You have got to start listening to opinions, to advice, to things that are working for others who are making it happen for themselves. You at some point have got to say, well, listen, if it's working for Coach Trina, if it's working for this or that person, if this person has reached a level of success that I'm still trying to get to, then maybe I need to open up my gate and really look at what it is I am thinking and change that thought path so that I, too, can experience some success like that or reach a new level 
of my success. Very, very key. So again, it all starts with you becoming dependent on a calendar that you created for yourself so that you can stay focused on the things that matter most to you in your business. And without that, you have no structure. You have no system. And that's what it's all about when you're talking about being a responsible CEO for your business. Again, I want to welcome everyone. This is Trina with Successful Woman Radio. I'm so excited to be here with you today and even more excited to talk about um, a very, very important uh, subject, which is habits. And of course, our theme all this month is habit power, the true keys to your success. Did you know your success is directly tied to your habits and that your habits are formed from recurring experiences, thoughts, actions, and beliefs. So while we often think of contributing factors to business failure, you know, as a lack of planning, funding, or not enough staff, and other things, it could be more of habits than anything else. Yes, ladies, your mindset is everything to your success. And if you want to see lasting changes that will give you powerful results, you must examine the beliefs and habits that influence your goals and desires for success. So we're going to be addressing that a little bit later on in the show. And of course, our subtopic today, as we discuss habits, is change your beliefs change your habits. Today, I want you to be able to learn why your beliefs can be the culprit to practicing negative habits and what to do about it. And of course, I'll be reading you an excerpt from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you haven't gotten your copy yet, ladies, this is the time to do so. I am telling you right now, you know, sometimes uh, the diamonds are right all around us that can help us reach new levels, that can help us to have breakthroughs, that can really give us those aha moments that take us to a whole other level of success, both financially and mentally. And this book is actually one of those resources. So you need to add Atomic Habits by James Clear to your success library. Our lineup also, you know, again, I want to talk to you about your social media right quick. And I talk about social media often because it seems to be such a leading factor for most small business owners today. But I want to talk about social media to you briefly from a uh, from the perspective of are you using it for your business and what is your habit with social media are you staying on the computer or do you have your phone and every time you get a notification you're looking at your phone all day long flipping through Facebook and Instagram and and yes even TikTok um, and by the way, I, I I experienced firsthand how you can flip through TikTok and you look you look down at the clock it's one time and you look again and you've been on TikTok for three or four hours flipping through different things. So yes, social media can become very very addictive and just constantly flipping through looking at what everybody else is saying about their business looking at all of the other advertisements and different things that you're exposed to really can wreak havoc on your ability to achieve success if you don't get it under control so the first thing i want to talk about as it pertains to social media and your social media habits is to ask you a question, are you really using social media for your business or are you using it personally? Which way are you going? If you're doing it both, which one would you say that you're using it for the most? Would you say that you normally get on there and stay on there for personal use, uh, responding to friends, commenting on the different posts from friends and associates, or would you say you get on there and you are commenting on a few business posts and then you are making sure that you have relevant content and that you are calling people to action within your social media posts? Which way are you going with that? Because what I have been noticing is that 
a lot of people are still doing similar to the same things that they were doing before of, of long ago, which is, you know, they're doing a lot of snapshots of themselves, snapshots of their family, um, which is okay, but then they forget to call people to action about their business or give some relevant or valuable information that people can use so that they can attach you to your business, Right. And so the first thing I want to remind you of is that, as you know, Facebook did put out an announcement more than um, more than a year and a half, two years ago now, that they are giving more credence to businesses that have fan pages. So if you don't have a Facebook fan page, again, you're and you're only using your personal page, I want you to ask yourself a question. I want you to ask yourself. Am I really getting results by putting a lot of sales content on my personal page? What is it doing for me? Has has it resulted in me seeing actual cash dollars in my checking account or generating leads for me, right? I really want you to ask yourself that question because what I am learning is that while Facebook will allow it to appear to you that your posts are getting seen by a lot of people in your news feed from a personal perspective, guess what? It's not. They are, through their algorithm, holding it back, not from you, but from those that are following you. So whereas it used to be that everybody saw your post about an event or about a book or about some, some product or service that you have on your personal page uh, that you're trying to get your friends and followers to pay uh, attention to, it used to be that you could post something and they would all see it in their news feed. And again, that is just not the case. What the truth about the, it is, is that you'll see it in your news feed because Facebook is saying you have the freedom and the freedom of speech and the privilege and the right to, to write whatever that you want to. And so, of course, you get to see it in your news feed. But the question is, does everybody else see it? And of course, that's a big fact, no. Not everyone else is seeing it from a personal perspective. Uh, maybe three to five percent of your friends or followers are actually seeing it. And for some people that have maybe five thousand followers, you know that might be good. Maybe maybe it will go to a thousand to fifteen hundred friends news feeds, right? But then they don't all see it as well. And so uh, again, I want to call your attention to that. If you are a small business and you are wanting to use social media on Facebook for the purpose of marketing and organically getting information out there um, and for advertising on Facebook, then hands down, you have to have a Facebook fan page. Now, in today's time, the fan page um, has really grown on Facebook. And while they have made a lot of changes, um, they have made their fan page to be like a blog. And I think I have mentioned that to you guys before, that the Facebook fan page layout and the way it is set up is very, very similar to a blog. And depending on how many fans you actually have, that is, how many people are actually liking your fan page, Facebook is going to allow a percentage of those people to see all of your posts without you having to pay for a boost or anything like that. So that's where the challenge comes in, because if you have like 2,500 fans, then Facebook may allow 5% of those fans to see your um, all of your posts. But again, if somebody has, you know, 10,000, 20,000, uh, 30,000 fans, then of course, they're going to have a larger number of people at no cost to them see their actual post. But here's the thing. If you're wanting to boost certain posts, you know, say you're having an event or you're having some type of we new webinar launch that you want everybody to register for, uh, any of those things, and you're wanting to boost, depending on the number of followers you have on your fan page, uh, 
It could cost you anywhere from a mere 30 bucks all the way up to 300 or 400 more dollars just for, to boost that one post in order for all of your friends to see you. So what's the solution? Because, you know, a lot of times people don't have that kind of money to spend on one post, right, to boost one post. So what is the answer? What is the solution to that? Well, I would say the first thing is that you should know that a fan page isn't just for people on Facebook, right? Because a fan page can be highly optimized if you learn to use the most common keywords people search for your type of business or service, right? So if you lay out your fan page properly and if you make sure that you have relevant posts, that you have relevant content, um, that you use the right tags and different things, then when people are searching for different things in your industry on Google or on Microsoft or on any of the other search engines, guess what? You have a higher chance of your fan page being found than you do your own website. Why? Because Facebook is so highly optimized with over a billion people utilizing Facebook worldwide. So it's being given precedence. So this is how you can use your fan page to take advantage of that. Now, there are some small business owners that are actually utilizing their Facebook fan page as their actual website. They've purchased a domain and they are actually forwarding that domain to their fan page in which they use it like a blog. So they pay more close attention to their fan page. I think that's a great idea with the exception that because you don't own your fan page, because you're not paying Facebook any money to manage your, your fan page, and they so that, that gives them all of the control, they can make all the changes they want to uh, to your fan page, and they don't need your permission to. So you can't put all of your uh, eggs in one basket. You've got to learn to be diverse, so therefore you're still going to need a blog. Um, you're still going to need to market in different ways so that you are diverse, and most importantly, you still are going to have to build a list, and you're still going to have to make sure that you are in control of everything going on with your business. Now, with that said, some of the new things that you can do with your Facebook fan page is absolutely wonderful, right? Um, they have publishing tools in which you can pre-schedule your posts. You can create a shop, an e-commerce shop, um, and sell products directly from your fan page. Um, you can um, post your events in your fan page as well. So they've got it to where you can do a lot of different things. And depending on the number of fans you actually have, I believe you have to have over 2,500, you can also post your audio files, like if you have a podcast um, or a video vlog, they are allowing you to post that there on your fan page as well. So what's the key here? What is it that we need to be doing for our Facebook fan page to actually make it searchable, to actually make it count? Well, the first thing that you need to do, I think is key, is to learn to call people to action in all that you do. Uh, and add value to your fan page. Now, what is value? You can add compelling offers, right? You can provide people with different types of worksheets and forms, um, sample products that they can request for. Uh, think about things of value that are related to what you do and that is how you can build your mailing list because you can call people to action right from your fan page and link right back to your website uh, and, and have a single landing page that they land on for them to stay focused on what it is that you want to offer. And so that is how you can make a lot of use. And also, again, offering valuable content on your fan page, again, paying close attention to the relevant keywords and keyword phrases that you need to be using. The other thing that I think is good, which will help you to gain more followers, is to make sure that you're using the right hashtag as it's, as it's relating to your type of business, right? So I think 
the posts that you have on your Facebook fan page should always carry like three main tags, right? Hashtags your hashtag, whatever your company name is, and then two to three other hashtags uh, that are highly visited so that you can start getting more followers to your fan page. Another thing that I think is really important for your fan page is to make sure at least twice a week that you're doing three to five minute Facebook lives right there in your fan page. Now, being transparent, I do lives on my Facebook group, haven't been doing as many lives on my fan page, but all in the same, I know that it's the right thing to do, so therefore, I am correcting some things myself as I look at things to improve on my fan page. Now, you need to know that on Facebook, there's no such thing as free, free, free you know, where you're going to get all of these leads and generate all of these leads from your fan page without any cost, right? But what you have to do is you have to first, before you start boosting posts and before you start taking out an ad, I think it's, I think you should take 30 days to really strengthen your fan page. Make sure that everybody that you know that's following you other places, that's, that's your clients, your customers, Anybody that, that needs to know about what, what your business industry is, you need to get them liking your fan page. I think that's very, very important. And then you need to make sure that you have developed a content calendar for yourself so that you can stay focused, right, and that, so that you can, you know, have a, a purpose of action and know exactly uh, where, what you're doing with your content calendar and your social media. Remember, in all that you do for your business, you always have to call people to action and you always have to add value and give them something to value. It's not all about uh, snapping a whole bunch of pictures of yourself uh, without adding the value. And it's not about uh, showing somebody what you ate without adding the value. So you've got to figure out what a relevant post for me and also what are relevant pictures and images. And yes, that does take time, but once you get used to being proactive with this and doing things ahead of time, it's not it's not so difficult. It doesn't become as challenging because you will be able uh, to then better create your content calendar, right? And so I don't, I'm not able to take the whole show to talk about this. And we are working on um, being being more of a learning platform for our, our members at Women About Biz about social media. So we are creating some things. It's just not ready yet. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse and announce what we don't have ready, but we are planning some things. I'm very, very excited about that. So again, take a good 30 days and populate your Facebook fan page well and learn how to use it. And by the way, for those of you who are service-oriented, Facebook fan page now also has has it where you can add appointment bookings from your fan page as well. So you can display your services and you can also have people making appointments uh, right from your fan page. So, and it ties into your calendar. So you can also have host paid online events. So now you can also have events that are not just free, but you can charge for them and create online events that people can pay and access from Facebook. So again, they have a lot more going on uh, with Facebook. And I think it's just absolutely wonderful. And uh, stay tuned because we will have more resources for you. Uh, Facebook, um, by the way, is creating a whole academy now uh, for Facebook. And I think that's probably one of the best things that they are getting ready to do that, that they should have done a long time ago. While they have had learning tools, they haven't really made them easy to find. And so now they are creating kind of like a Facebook academy so that you will be able to find it. So take note, take 
30 days. I'm suge- that's what I'm suggesting. Take 30 days uh, and really learn to build out your fan page properly and learn all of the tools and resources. Their help section is pretty good on Facebook. So learn all the tools and resources that you uh, can do there on your fan page and then use that as one of the eggs in your basket to diversify and call people to action. Okay, enough about that. What I want to do is I want to go right ahead and read you an excerpt from our book club book of the month, which is Atomic Habits, one of my favorite, favorite books. Um, And I want to backtrack a little bit because I've read this before, but today's topic, we're going to be talking about change your beliefs, change your habits. And again, our theme all this month which is so very, very important, um, is all about habit power, right? Uh, The true keys to your success. And again, it's so valid that while so many people attribute so many different factors to why a business fails, at the end of the day, I truly believe with all my heart that it has for women more to do with mindset and our habits than anything else. So in his book, James Clear begins to lay out a systematic approach to building better habits for yourself so that they can lead to your success. And he says, your behaviors are usually a reflection of your identity. What you do is an indication of the type of person you believe that you are, either consciously or non-consciously. He says, research has shown that once a person believes in a particular aspect of their identity, they are more likely to act in alignment with that belief. For example, people who identified as being a voter were more likely to vote than those who simply claimed voting was an action they wanted to perform. Similar, the person who incorporates exercise into their identity doesn't have to convince themselves to train. Doing the right thing is easy for them. After all, when your behavior and your identity are fully aligned, you are no longer pursuing behavior change. You're simply acting like the type of person you already believe yourself to be. Like all aspects of habit formation, this too is a double-edged sword. When working for you, identity change can be a powerful force for self-improvement. When working against you, though, identity change can be a curse. Once you have adopted an identity, it can be easy to let your allegiance to it impact your ability to change. Many people walk through life in a cognitive slumber, blindly following the norms attached to their identity. For example... People might say, I'm terrible with directions. I'm not a morning person. I'm bad at remembering people's names. I'm always late. I'm not good with technology. I'm horrible at math and a thousand other variations. Just a side note for you ladies, when I coach a lot of different women over the years, I, you know, I, I hear things like, well, I hear what you're saying that I I should do Facebook Live, but I'm not good at video. I hear you saying that I should do a photo shoot and, and because I'm a consultant, really brand myself as well, but I'm not very photogenic. You know, I hear those kinds of comments all the time. And I also hear like, I'm not a good speaker or I don't know if I want to do webinars. I'm not really good with PowerPoint presentations. So I, I hear that all the time when I am coaching and talking with a lot of women, I hear the negative, and they don't even realize that the negative is there. All they know is what they're not good at, and and in their minds, they're not thinking, well, I need to change that. They just have bought into the belief of what they are not, and that gets repeated to me all the time during a coaching session. And sometimes, quite frankly, it's very difficult to work through that thick layer of habit thinking that women have that works against them rather than for them. 
Back to the book. The author says when you have repeated a story to yourself for years, it is easy to slide into these mental grooves and accept them as a fact. In time, you begin to resist certain actions because that's not, quote, who I am. There is internal pressure to maintain your self-image and behave in a way that is consistent with your beliefs. You find whatever way you can to avoid contradicting yourself. The more deeply a thought or action is tied to your identity, the more difficult it is to change it. It can feel comfortable to believe what your culture believes, that's called group identity, or to do what upholds your self-image, personal identity, even if it's wrong. The biggest barrier to positive change at any level, the author says, um, whether it's individual, team, society, um, or group identity, right, is, is that you definitely need to look at how you can make your habits good habits. He says good habits can make rational sense, but if they conflict with your identity, you will fail to put them into action. So whether a habit that you need to embrace and adopt is good or not, you're not going to put it into action if it's not already a part of your belief system. The author says on any given day, you may struggle with your habits because you're too busy or too tired or too overwhelmed or hundreds of other reasons. Over the long run, however, the real reason you fail to stick with habits is that your self-image gets in the way. This is why you can't get too attached to one version of your identity. Progress requires unlearning. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. This brings us to an important question. If your beliefs and worldview play such an important role in your behavior, where do they come from in the first place? How exactly is your identity formed? And how can you emphasize new aspects of your identity that serve you and gradually erase the pieces that hinder you, meaning that they hold you back? The author says the two-step process to changing your identity is this. Your identity emerges out of your habits. You are not born with preset beliefs. Every belief, including those about yourself, is learned and conditioned through experience. More precisely, your habits are how you embody your identity. When you make your bed each day, you embody the identity of an organized person. When you write each day, you embody the identity of a creative person. When you train each day, you embody the identity of an athletic person. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. In fact, he says the word identity was originally derived from the Latin word essentius, which means being or identitum, which means repeatedly. Your identity is literally your repeated beginningness, your repeated beingness. Whatever your identity is right now, you only believe it because you have proof of it. If you go to church every Sunday for 20 years, you have evidence that you are religious. If you study biology for one hour every night, you have evidence that you are studious. If you go to the gym, even when it's snowing, you have evidence that you are committed to fitness. The more evidence you have for a belief, the more strongly you will believe it. For most of my life, I didn't consider myself a writer. If you were to ask any of my high school teachers or college professors, they would tell you I was an average writer at best, certainly not a standout. When I began my writing career, I published a new article every Monday and Thursday for the first few years. As the evidence grew, so did my identity as a writer. I didn't start out as a writer. I became one through my habits. Of course, your habits are not the only actions that influence your identity, but by virtue of their frequency, they are usually the most important ones. Each experience in life modifies your self-image, but it's unlikely you will consider yourself a soccer player because you kicked the ball once 
or an artist because you scribbled a picture. As you repeat these actions, however, the evidence accumulates and your self-image begins to change. The effect of one-off experiences tend to fade away while the effect of habits gain reinforced with time, which means your habits contribute most of the evidence that shapes your identity. In this way, The process of building habits is actually the process of becoming yourself. This is a gradual evolution, he says. We do not change by snapping our fingers and deciding to be someone entirely new. We change bit by bit, day by day, habit by habit. We are continuously undergoing microevolutions of ourselves. Each habit is like a suggestion. Hey, maybe this is who I am. If you finish a book, then perhaps you are the type of person who likes reading. If you go to the gym, then perhaps you are the type of person who likes exercise. If you practice playing the guitar, perhaps you are the type of person who likes music. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. This is one reason why meaningful change does not require radical change. Small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful enough, it actually is big. That's the paradox of making small improvements. Putting this all together, you can see that habits are the path to changing your identity. The most practical way to change who you are is to change what you do. Each time you write a page, you are a writer. Each time you practice the violin, you are a musician. Each time you start a workout, you are an athlete. Each time you encourage your employees, you are a leader. Each habit not only gets results, but also teaches you something far more important, to trust yourself. You start to believe you can actually accomplish these things when the vote mounts up and the evidence begins to change. The story you tell yourself begins to change at first. And then he goes on to say, of course, it works the opposite way, too. Every time you choose to perform a bad habit, it's a vote for that identity. The good news is that you don't need to be perfect. In any election, there are going to be votes for both sides. You don't need a unanimous vote to win an election. You just need a majority. It doesn't matter if you cast a few votes for bad behavior or unproductive habit. Your goal is simply to win the majority of the time. New identities require new evidence. If you keep casting the same votes, you'll always cast. you've always cast, you're going to get the same results you've always had. If nothing changes, nothing's going to change. It's a simple two-step process. Decide the type of person you want to be. Prove it to yourself with small wins. So again, I just read from the book, Atomic Habits with James Clear. We're reading this all this month, and we will probably continue to go on in October uh, with some facet of the topic of habits. But again, this is something very serious, and I have realized, God has put it in my heart, and I have realized that this is something that we as women really, really need to focus on because we have this tendency as women to want to please everybody else but ourselves. And and sometimes we lie to our own selves based on the habits that we um, have adopted from society. But we really don't take the time to ask ourselves what it is that we really want. What makes us happy? What do we want to accomplish in our personal lives? What do we really want in our businesses? And so it's time, ladies, for us to truly create um, a great mindset. It's time for us to really, really do the things that we need to do to build a powerful mindset that motivates us, that gets us to do the things that we need to do for our success. It's time that we truly have unshakable faith, that level of belief so deeply rooted that it compels us to take quick, swift, and positive action on all that we want. Ladies, it's time. And and if you and if you resonate, if you can agree with what I am saying, then please make sure that you 
stay with me for the rest of this year on the show as I begin to unveil some incredible mindset tools and resources that are going to help you to walk into 2022 quite an extraordinary woman because you are going to be equipped with things that are going to help you to build a new identity for yourself so you can have financial success, so that you can have mental success, so that you can walk in the light and also help others along the way as well. So what I want to do right now is as we are talking about, uh, you know, change your beliefs, change your habits, the different things, I want to uh, once again go right back into the five questions of business leadership. I bet you guys thought that I forgot that, but I didn't. I want to go right back into the five questions of business leadership because I wanted to do all of that first so that you guys can see how important these questions these questions are. So let's start with question number one. Have I prepared my mindset for greatness? Again, what beliefs and habits do you need to support your vision and your goals? Okay, what type of morning personal development do you need to create for yourself? And are you creating affirmations that are customized to you and and personalized to yourself, right? Here's number two. Are your beliefs in alignment with your vision and your goals, right? Sometimes you can't accomplish your goals and your vision because what you believe, which are the habits that are formed in your subconscious mind, um, and, and what you want are two different things. And so you have to make sure there's an alignment going on. This is why I say all the time, when you have a new project or when you're when you're planning your business and, and looking at um, taking your business to another level, you always have to ask yourself the question, are my beliefs, do I have the right beliefs to get me where I want to be? Anybody can become a millionaire if they have the right beliefs to take them there, okay? Here's number three. What do I want to accomplish by this Friday? I talked about that at the beginning of the show. I want to remind you again that this is a very, very important question that you have to ask yourself because it keeps you structured and it it keeps you within your workflow system, right? And three things that should be important to every business owner is their marketing, right, their sales, you know, having that sales goal, and the number of leads that they are generating every week. Here's number four. How can I be an asset to my business? Again, how can I be an asset to my business? You know, you need to ask yourself this question. Am I being a good ambassador? Um, Am I branding myself? This is especially true if you are a speaker, a writer, an author, a coach, a service provider, what you're going to learn is that it's most important for you to start branding yourself. And you can easily brand yourself by being an ambassador for your business. But are you doing that, you know, um, consistently, repeatedly, or just every now and then? See, we have to stop being that type of business owner where, we, when we get real, real busy, everything else gets kicked to the curb and we're not paying attention to marketing. We're not paying attention to being the ambassador. Uh, nothing else is going on because we've got a few clients now, so therefore we're not worried about the future, everything else that needs to happen. But then, then what occurs all too often is that after you finish servicing those clients, then everything gets extremely quiet. Um, your revenue goes down. You're not seeing the money you need to see. Then all of a sudden you pick up and get busy again and you start being the ambassador again. That's not how it works. It shouldn't work that way. What you need to do is you need to consistently be an ambassador consistently all the time. What's going to help you to become an ambassador is you sitting down and asking yourself that very question. What can I do to be more consistent and be seen as the CEO and owner of my business? How can I tell more people about who I am and what I do? I need to be able to do that consistently. So I can utilize tools such as Facebook Live. I can use tools such as videos from my, you know, video myself from my cell phone. I can create audios. I can create compelling offers and valuable content or information or samples. I can do different things so that people know who I am. 
and I'm able to attract more people to who I am and what I do? Am I seeking new collaborations? Am I leading my power team? And then last but not least, again, asking yourself that question, am I investing in myself and my business, both from a health perspective and then also from a marketing perspective, okay? And that's very, very key. So when you ask yourself those questions and when you become more interested in being the right kind of CEO for your business, you're going to see better results in your business. You're going to start seeing your business begin to take shape and change because you are focusing more on that. So with that said, I want to go right into change your beliefs, change your habits. One of my most favorite authors of old, Napoleon Hill, says, whatever the mind can conceive, the mind can achieve. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what do I need to do to be successful? How can I make more money? And of course, most people are going to say yes. Well, if you have said yes, you're definitely not by yourself, right? You see, Google defines success as a person or thing that achieves uh, a desired aim or attain prosperity. And then Webster defines success as a favorable or desired outcome. Success is an achievement that each woman must define for herself because it is dependent on her desired outcome. So with that said, we really need to look at changing our whole mindset, right? A mindset is our mental attitude that has taken shape based on our life experiences, our environment, our education, ideas, and beliefs. We have absorbed from those people we have interacted with most in our lives, and that includes our parents, other relatives, close friends, teachers, instructors, speakers, motivational speakers, um, the, the news correspondents. Um, things that we listen to in and out every day, we have been shaped by all of those individuals. And so whether or not you are aware of it, you will keep a running account, okay, or a self-talk of what's happening and what it means and what you should be doing, right? It's like it's automatic. Our mindset is that inner voice conversation taking place in our head right? And so we need to get a grip on what we are are absorbing in our mind, what we are allowing to go in our mind. We need to get a grip on that, and we need to better understand ourselves and what makes us tick, what makes us work. Did you know the choices you make each and every day will either take you closer or further away from your success and reaching your full potential? Choice simply means to take control or use your power in choosing a particular direction. So choice can help you to discover your purpose in life, or it can help you to lose or gain weight. It can help make you wealthy, successful, break negative habits, create successful businesses, and so much more. But how do you know when you're making the right choices, right? When a woman makes clear and direct choices, she gains control and her life begins to take shape and it takes on a whole new positive direction. So the question is, how do you know when you're making right choices? Well, you are making right choices when you have a vision of what you would like to experience in your life, your business, relationships, and your physical and mental health. You make the right choices when you have created goals to support your vision, to help it to go in the right direction. You are making right choices when you have created a system in which your goals can live so that they can be accomplished. You are making the right choices when you have eliminated the negative habits that are pulling you away from accomplishing your goals, and you have replaced them with positive habits that that are repeated recurrently that are helping you to accomplish your goals. You are making the right choices when you surround yourself with positive thinking people that support you rather than discourage you. You're making right choices when you realize that you must ask for help from someone who has the experience to guide you in the right direction. And you're making right choices when whatever you choose enhances your life and those around you. 
Finally, you're making right choices when you choose, ladies, to take a stand and realize that you have the power over your life's outcome, and it all starts with the right choices. So here's the thing that you need to understand. Your beliefs, your whole belief system, again, is based on all of your habits, your environment, the, the thought path, how you think. It's, it's based on your experiences. It's based on your emotions. All of those things go in to make some, some type of belief about what you think about different things. So when it comes to business, you need to ask yourself, what do I believe about money? You need to go back all the way to childhood. What do I believe about money? And what has been my my actions and habits uh, where money is concerned? You know, do I have... Um, do I have a business checking account? Do I have money saved in a business savings account so I can pull from it when I need to market or advertise? You know, do I have an emergency savings? What what do, what do I believe about money? Because, see, it's not just about what you believe. It's about what the actions are saying. So you could say, well, I believe that you should have a savings account. Well, not really, because... If you're, you don't have a savings account, how can you believe you should have a savings account? You see, we often uh, have a tendency to mock and do what, and say what we think is the right answer really without the right result. And because of that, we trick ourselves into, into thinking that we believe something when in actuality, we really do not believe it. And I think... Ladies, we need to really, really get a grip on our mindset because it, it can wreak havoc when it comes to us wanting to be successful with whatever we have purpose to do. So believing, for example, that you don't have the resources to achieve your dreams and goals leads to you doing nothing, right? When you say, I don't have the resources, when you say, you know, I don't have the money. Well, guess what? You're not going to have the money. You're not going to have the resources because you're believing that you don't. You can say, I believe it's possible to be a millionaire, but when, you, when your actions don't equate to what you believe, then you really don't believe. You are just saying something that sounds right, but and thinking that you're saying the right thing, but without the action to convict you and to validate, it really is not a belief. So you really need to be careful of that, right? And you can say to yourself, well, you know, I believe I need to be drinking water, you know, uh, eight ounces of water eight times a day. I believe that I need to be exercising and that I need to be going out there and, and uh, walking at least a mile a day. I know that I need to be doing that. I, I know that I need to be doing You can be saying that, okay? Uh, but you may not believe it for yourself. You may know that it's the right thing to do, but believing, and, and this is where I think that we really have to understand believing. Believing means that you have embraced it as so. You have said that it is so. You have validated it. It has become factual in your mind to the point to where it leads you to take an action, whether it be negative or positive, on that particular belief, okay? So, again, someone can say, I believe, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they do believe because the proof in the pudding for belief is your actions. And if your actions don't equate to uh, what you say you believe, then you just have a, uh, a statement or you just have a knowledge of that statement, but you don't necessarily hold it true and embrace it as a belief for yourself, okay? So I want to encourage all of you to test your beliefs. And this is why it's so important to always look at your, your goals and what you want in life and to ask yourself if I have the right beliefs to support what it is that I want. So to test your beliefs, you need to ask yourself these questions. Does your, does your belief yield your desired results or positive experiences? Okay, so that's the first thing. Does it, does it yield your desired results? When you have the right beliefs in place and you have the right habits in place, 
And so, therefore, you're going to always have better results, positive experiences. Did you make a choice to embrace your belief or was it taught to you? Okay? Because if you didn't make the choice about a certain belief, let's say about money, but it was something that was taught to you, then you've got to go back and look at where did you learn it from? And if they were correct in their assumption, was their validations of that particular thought path correct? You've got to, you've got to go back and you've got to look at that. Did an experience or your environment impact your belief? Okay, did you have some negative experience that gave you a, a false positive result? And so because of that, you believe it to be true for yourself, but it, it, it isn't really. I'm going to give you an example of what I'm, I'm talking about. I once had a client to tell me, Trina, I don't believe that I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I don't believe I'm cut out for business. Now, this client said this to me because she had not experienced any success in business at all. And in her mind, not having experienced success and thinking, and I quote, thinking that she had worked hard to have the success, led her to come to the conclusion that she was not cut out to be a business owner or an entrepreneur, right? So you have to be very, very careful because you could have an experience or something could have happened environmentally that impacts your belief and you're believing a false belief, right? And so you have to be very, very careful of that. Is your belief factual? Can it be proven to be true or false? That's the other thing that you have to take a look at. When you list your beliefs, what you believe about money, what do you believe about your ability to take action, what do you believe about your the ability for your business to be successful? Do you believe that you can generate thousands of dollars in income before the year's end? Do you believe that? What do you not believe about it? So this is why it's important to test your belief, because here's the thing. You are who you say you are. You have the ability and you're the one with the control and the power to change your mindset, to change your beliefs and change your habits so that you can have the success that you want to have. Ladies, it's time to release the limits of your belief system. It's time for you to evaluate current beliefs and address those beliefs that might be limiting your success. It's a time for you to determine the supporting beliefs you must have in order to achieve your success. And your success, of course, is designed by you. It's based on what you say your success is. Whatever your desire result, your desired outcome is, whatever you say it is, so it shall be if you want it to be. So you must remember that your subconscious mind, it stores all of your thoughts, emotions, and beliefs, whether they are true or false. So when you consciously think of a goal or something you desire to accomplish, it will and can bring up false beliefs or bring back the emotional feeling of an experience that reinforces a false belief originally. So to get the subconscious mind to accept your new belief, you must practice the new belief, live the new belief, so your subconscious mind will accept it as your truth. This must be done consistently. For example, if I want a successful business, whatever the business is that you, you have decided to have, then you need to list what you think the beliefs are that will help your business to be successful. And you also need to list the actions that are required of you in order to help your business be successful, right? Then what you need to do is to believe that you can do it, believe that you can generate the income, believe that you can have the clients, you know, that you can have the success pushed down, um, falling over, right? That is so important. Again, in everything that we read in the book Atomic Habits and other books that we might have read on positive changes, positive mindset, changing your mindset, uh, preparing your mindset for greatness. At the end of the day, it's saying that God gave you the authority to have as much success as you want to have. 
He's giving you the authority and the power over your own mind. So therefore, you are the gatekeeper. You are responsible for how you think. You are responsible for what you let in and you're responsible for what you kick out. And so it's time, ladies, that we release the limits of your belief system so that you can have the type of success you want to have. It's time. And so rather than focusing on you don't have enough money, you don't have this or you don't have that, you need to change all of those negative thoughts into positive ones. And you need to start making sure that you do little things, little things that add up to large things to help you be more successful. So if you're saying I need to revamp my business strategy and if revamping your business strategy for 12 months sounds too much, then just revamp your strategy for the next 30 to 60 days, okay? Ladies, I hope this information has helped you. I want you to have a positive and productive week. And remember, success is yours for the taking. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.